The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Welcome, Talk Cosmos. This is Pisces again on March 2nd, 2019. And the title is Music Sphere Vibrations. You know, the musical notes vibrate their frequency and it's without boundaries. Because music really connects us to our unlimited soul, the very essence of just about every dimension. You could say that the energies of the collected Pisces and the abstraction of music share a common feature because of no boundaries. The music potentially it rings through endless wave vibrations. That physical connection into our spiritual essence that we experience, it touches right down deep. Although I will say that musicality, the tonalities and the scales vary because what is tension and release shift. But regardless, people feel harmony because of it. It is that oneness, very similar to Pisces, and that's how our whole talk will orient. Tonight, Petra Tauschert from California, Sebastopol, California, and has spoken with us twice before, once for Taurus, if you're looking at the archives, and once for Virgo. And Petra's as certified evolutionary astrologer through Maurice Fernandez Complete Course. She has a blog called Heirloom Magic and a newsletter that she writes, does consultation readings, and it creates a most fascinating astro book. And Petra has started her own radio show called Astroscape. It's musical. That's a great reason to have her on tonight. And it gives a personal perspective through the astrology lens. And that happens to be on the station K-O-W-S-F-M. However, just check Talk Cosmos. I keep Petra along with other hosts or guests, rather, on the station. So you can just look that up if you can't remember K-O-W-S-F-M. And Petra's a master gardener, artist, and class instructor. So I'm very happy. Hello, hello, Petra. Hi, Sue. It's great to be back. It is. You know, music is such a spectrum of, as I was saying, of tension and release. I actually went, I played music for many years, and I went back to school and got some certificate degrees in them. So I have this love affair with music and I'm just fascinated too by your program it you know with that said there's so many factors that I'm thinking about but really because the world with let me just I'll think of the question the question that I want to ask you right off the (laughs) bat is you know with your program that you've had for a good six months now I'm sure probably a little longer you know, and you feature uh, 
musicians who have been born during the archetype and then you show their music. What kind of links are you discovering through this kind of research that you're doing with uh, the musical proudness of this individual and the music that they're actually creating? Well, my method is um, that, you know, I'm simultaneously, like my intention for my show, there's two reasons. One is to educate people about astrology, something that I really love, and I find it to be such an incredibly useful language that I'm always happy that if more people can speak astrology, that's great. So that's part of the purpose. And even if your goal isn't to speak astrology, I do the astro weathers to just kind of help people like get a heads up of what's going on. But then beyond that, it's like, okay, you know, for example, I do two shows a month. So I just did the Pisces show. So at this point, I've been doing the show for a little while. So now I'm just constantly whenever I listen to music anywhere, I always have an <laughs> ear to like, who's this? When's their birthday? You know, and it would be fun to be able to do like a full analysis of each chart. But really, I'm sticking more to the sun and the moon or some other prominent things that really jump out in terms of the signature. Yes. But so and then, you know, like the reason that it's fun to play with astrology and famous people is because they are larger than life. That's, you know, that's what makes them famous. They've like impacted the collective in a way. And so when you look at them and you look at like and musicians are more I feel like they're more personal, like you you see more of their essence than you do of like an actor or an actress because they're really putting their soul out there. So when you aggregate or when I aggregate a collection of musicians that all, for example, have the strong Pisces signature and then the experience of listening to the playlist, it's like, you know, it's classic Pisces. I mean, I'm doing it with all of the signs, but Pisces is the sign where you can just kind of cruise right past any boundaries and just be like, oh, I'm totally understanding this on this like deep, you know, emotional, psychic, physical level all of a sudden because I'm able to be immersed in the tones that these artists chose to generate, you know, some of which are like obviously impacted the collective in a huge way because they're very beloved songs and very beloved artists. That's my long winded answer. No, it's beautiful. It's well put because it is true that we need that poetry. In fact, I was just looking at the same idea, you know, beginning to notice everywhere, you know, like you were saying with the musicians, I do that with the newspaper and I clip out all, all these articles. And I'm just so thrilled when they relate to the talk that we're doing. And this one is... It is. It's very exciting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because really, it is that essence that, that astrology is this huge arena of, of, of helping us discern life as above, as below, and through the development and the cycles. I mean, we know this. So that teaching it, like we're both interested in doing, is really a great you know, uh, vehicle. So I agree. This one says, when society chooses to ignore poetry, and the reason I just thought as a thought here, bringing it up, because music is so often poetry. and It is. It's yeah. totally poetry. And it, it blends that sense of the chaos, which, which Pisces, in a sense, because it's of the wild, it's the last sign, and Neptune, the whole archetype, embraces the whole nature of life, and, uh, you know, versus Virgo on the other spectrum that's trying to make order out of chaos. So here, poetry, in a sense, it, there was some criticism here that people aren't always so in tune with poetry. But then what is poetry? But in songs, people hear it all the time. 
and it, it's a great vehicle for poetry yeah, music it, and it, it 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 was saying to it it's like the precursor of of thoughts of of getting like music down deep into us getting little seeds of ideas into us that well, and it's like, even if poetry isn't officially music, if somebody is paying attention to, you know, for example, they're writing an iambic pentameter or something along those lines where there is a rhythm and a meter and essentially a beat, so to speak, that you're already generating a, a type of music, even if, you know, even it doesn't get taken to the next level. Yes. And that beat that reminds me of our heartbeat. It's just so fundamental. And of course, everything has a cycle, even though we may not, well, course we do understand the tides you know with the sun and the moon but rhythm you know it's it's just it correlates to every part of us and it brings in the the spirit and the bot and the the matter the body mm-hmm. which as we know can get so separated right it's actually you know kind of an an unconscious healing agent that is working all the time, you know, like listening to music is something that is, like you say, reuniting the body with the spirit, which I feel like that schism is one of the great malaises of the modern age. Absolutely. Yes. Healing agent, it's true. In fact, just to prior to coming here, I was thinking about the, uh, the magical, not the magical mean, but the, the golden mean you know, of art. of I would make the argument that it's magical. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that must have been inspired by you. Yes, you do. So, fib, right. And the Fibonacci uh, cycle, which is this where you take one and you add it into two, one and one and it's two and then two and one is three and then it, it goes on in this sequence, you know, three, five, eight of this amazing sequence. Well, this article was saying that the Fibonacci, uh, the golden mean, the Fibonacci sequence. Spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the spiral, that it relates to some people's music. In it made me realize that that tension release factor you know, that builds up is at that point. He had some mathematical, this is on a, oh boy, it's on, let's see, who was it? It was... For our audience's sake, it's Dub's Pot, and the author was Roy Rory, R-O-R-Y-P-Q, on June 1st, 2016. But what he figured was there was a song that he, disclosures, or by disclosures, some of these I'm not really familiar with. I don't know. Are you familiar with the group Disclosures? No, I don't know that book. No. So at any rate, but the point being is that he mathematically figured out in the whole measures, it was 129 measures, so if he multiplied that times the mean, then it was this particular measure, and yes, that's where the bridge happened. And mm. Yes, and so over and over again, and I was thinking about that with art and with the whole balance of, of, of the golden mean, which is sort of two-thirds, not quite, and how the tipping point, you know, of, of that where there's harmony or, or some kind of tension that builds into harmony because music needs that tension. I have to interject with a quote from Guta that resonates with this, which is that architecture is frozen music. Ooh. 
that would and be so perfect. that that Fibonacci, you know, structure is along those same lines, you know, it's like, that's a, um, incarnated visual metric of something that also could be like you're saying on another level with music and the bridge and all of that. That's really fascinating. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I wrote down that quote frozen music, but again, who, who, who is that a quote by? Gu- uh, Wolfgang von Goethe. Oh, Goethe. Go- Goethe? Goethe, yeah. Wolfgang. Yeah, I didn't quite get the German throat oh, that's thing. Right. But I, yeah. yeah, I took German a long time <laughs> Good job, ago. you did. <laughs> uh, very good. Also known as Goethe, if you're going on that road in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I was born there. I better go back and check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, this whole... Oh, and another article. We'll pull it together here, but we are pulling it together. And this is about how in Seattle, the Seattle Symphony, we have a new conductor. It's always exciting to see how they bring in these new ideas. But this is, uh, they built a score, when I say they, the Homeless Youth and Seattle Symphony Orchestra built a score together. And it's a whole this was as of May 19th, 2018, if anybody wants to look it up. But I thought, you know, music speaks, as you we were both saying, deep within. And people have amazing emotions that tell stories. And so what a gift to unite people, like such a young, you know, the youth in a common project like this. That has such great merit. I wish... That could be expanded all over across the nation. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be anything that would be continuing, but so often it's, you know, again and again, they know that with older people, music is one of that last areas in the brain that still registers. People may not know their children, but they know the songs. Right. Well, and I've read that also with like people that suffer from strokes, they're able to kind of like that's the one thing that will get them to be able to kind of move. Like if there's music that they really love, it helps them get into their bodies and kind of get back into the rhythm of what their body is supposed to do. Yes. Just you bringing this up again. I'm so glad over and over again that we're talking about the mind body, which is also spirit body. And it's in er so many parts of the archetypes you know, starting with Gemini of Castor and Pollux. But, you know, it's this different relationship. By the time we get to Pisces, it's the whole shamas of the universe and, and the cohesive, whole, chaotic, wild, gorgeous part of life. and The whole shebang. Yes. So uniting mu- uh, music, such a vehicle to, to really connect us has great great purpose and we can participate go ahead yes right well just thinking that like you know even if people don't speak the same language at all they still could play music together you know that like universal language exactly exactly over and over again in fact i've wouldn't that be great i've often thought to go play with a bunch of gypsies take my violin and fiddle (laughs) yeah yeah i want to go to that show (laughs) yeah but, Wait, what instruments do you play? So I don't think I knew this about you. Well, I played violin fiddle most of my life. And I say both because it's, you know, really it's one instrument, but it's how you play it. Right. And nice. then I picked up flute. Um, mm-hmm. 
which I really need to get that embouchure going again. And then I plunked away on piano, which I could never perform with, but I just love the piano. I could stay there for 12 yeah. hours. Yeah. Me too. Big fan. You play? Of all of those, actually. Um, not really. I mean, my mom's a pretty amazing pianist, and I was raised with a piano in the house, and I can play Mary Had a Little Lamb with two hands and a few other parlor tricks, but I'm a connoisseur of music. I'm not really a musician. Well, there's always the beautiful thing about music. It's like art. I think really just some basic lessons, and it's largely having either... Well, I can't say a, a good instructor, but even like with the piano, there's group pianos uh, classes that give so much information because you don't have to read the bass clef. You can work off chords. Right. It's true. I mean, and to be a musician, you don't have to necessarily be composing. I feel like that's yeah. kind of the yardstick <laughs> I use for myself where I'm like, I don't listen to music and imagine like I want to make this song, but I am able to, you know, learn, like I learned guitar, a few songs on the guitar, there but... But then, I'm much more of a listening enthusiast. Yeah. Well, standards, that's true. But on the other hand, I'm thinking about the music and the participation, you know, the whole level, the whole integration of this gift. And mm -hmm. that is, is that um, because with knowing some chords and the piano, you know, I play a little ukulele, so I understand the string. I used to think, oh, it'd be so simple. But, you know, getting those fingers in the right patterns is, is, is a little tricky. And, oh, my God, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so, and the thing about the piano is the keys are right there down in front of you. And so, mm -hmm. really, by having some of those chords doing that, you can progress. You could progress and learn to improvise. And in that case, compose. That's all I'm trying to say. And, and just with three chords, you know, the blues. Right. It's true. But, anyway, so we're plugging that along. <laughs> right. Oh, now here's a different subject, but of course, and that is that this is another article. Um, Brandy Carly, C A R L I L I, that she began, who's, again, I'm not really familiar with her. I don't know if you are. I don't know her name. Yeah. But the point of her, of this article, was the fact that she began her own festival went down to Mexico and had a festival and brought in a lot of people. Wow. Because, and it's that idea that in music of that does, you know, you think about folk music, it just unites a whole culture. And you think about rock or the blues or whatever genre of music, jazz, you know, it, it unites groups of people or singers. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. it's true. It's, it's, it's rare to find a culture or a subculture of people that you can't like distill it down to a soul kind of musical root. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, I think what came out of reading this article was that women in her, their estimation are still not quite as uh, recognized as they would like. And so, therefore, they're thinking of creating these smaller venues that would um, give them that kind of attention. But along with that, I was just thinking how, in some ways, music might be a precursor of the entire 
new age. I mean, we're talking about Pisces, but at this point, it's all in the kettle together. You know, there's a little of all the signs in in Pisces. And so, you know, the fact that groups are getting to be more uh, like-minded and finding their focus, such as festivals like in this particular one, they went down to Mexico, you know, for a period of time. But I wondered how you were thinking if if you'd noticed that also, that this idea that even on a local basis, especially in the Bay Area, that maybe festivals are becoming more um, individualized, maybe? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not much of a festival goer. I track them that they're happening, but the Bay Area traffic has gotten so thick that it's I do I'm I'm unwilling to just like make that trip <laughs> very often. I usually just wait and when there's um a band or a musician that I really love, then I seek them out and go see them. Yeah. And I think that could be the emphasis of what the of trying to do here is that because we do have so many medias that you know, it's able to share that information now, websites and et cetera. So, well, one mm -hmm. thing I think is interesting is that, um, you know, this whole evolution of music in this modern, you know, in our lifetimes where it went from eight tracks to vinyl to cassette tapes to CDs. And now most of the music, music is digital <clears throat> and how much is, you know, how much of the sound quality is compromised on MP3s and digital music? Like you have so much more that you can effortlessly get, but compared to the experience of listening to like a vinyl record where that immersion in all of the different, you know, the highs and the lows. And that one of the things that all the digital music has made happen in the music industry is because the artists don't make that much money anymore because of all the downloads and stuff that they're forced to tour again. So there's been kind of a renaissance of band that you maybe never thought you'd have a chance to see. You can go out and see them again. I like this. I mean, I, I like your comments. I mean, they, they respond very well because when I was leaving school, I remember very well that what was, well, I went back in 1990, 93. And of course the eighties had, had, eclipsed the six-night-a-week gig business with the synthesizer. And by the 90s, it was really a trauma of how musicians were going to uh, get their royalties, you know, because of downloading and, and, and all the shifts and stuff. And so, you know, at that time I was thinking, well, or I was reading, I can't remember which, but the fact was is that a lot of music happened um, from grassroots, like it at, at at taverns or just people jamming and getting together and just playing music. And so with you bringing this up, that people are forced to go out and, I don't know about forced, but that's where the the, the, the Forced in a good is. way, you know, yeah. like that Saturnian forcing where you're like, darn it. And then on the other side, you're like, this is really great, actually. Thank you. Yeah, I personally have always thought that's how musicians could reach their audience was by traveling because I was with aware of various groups at the time and but they always stayed homebound and partly because you know they were fed here there were there were gigs but right. really and when you think about it with Pisces that's that the the commonality you know the the wide collective that that's the word I'm I'm looking at that really and sort of reach out and find your audience or meet your audience and 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 
it really does work with that Piscean energy. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's it. That is exciting. It's it's sad too. Thinking I'm, I'm took a note to find you know about the lost sound quality because you know. I don't live. Yeah, I had it explained to me by somebody whose parents both worked for um, a a record company in Spain and Madrid for many years that a record is like a sound sculpture and nothing else compares to it. Yes, the groove. And at each stage, there was a huge truncation of the quality of sound, you know, down to where we are now. Well, when you think about just the vinyl itself, yeah, those little grooves and how it would work. So right, imagine how huge they are on a microscopic level. They're like mountains. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wouldn't that you know that just inspired me? I could see a whole movie, you know, traveling your music and you fall into the grooves on the big disc and you're totally all... <laughs> Pixar, here's your next big idea. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can we get over oh there's a little dip. Let's see what happened. Oh, there was right. a sound break. Ah, you know, it actually kind of reminds me of, did you, do you know the original Fantasia? The one oh, yes. from yes. way back when? And that whole, I mean, it was such a an opus in its time. And it was created at the at the peak of hand-drawn illustration, the golden yes. age of hand-drawn illustration and the peak. And he, you know, he was kind of like Martha Stewart in the, you know, she's talented, but she's really talented at bringing really talented people together and producing them. So that's what he did with Fantasia. He brought together the best artists of the time and was like, here you go. Here's the like finest classical music, like knock yourselves out. And so there's that early part with the synesthesia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Where, you know, like the classic thing with psychedelics where you can taste colors and see sounds and, and all of that. So just thinking about how, um, very patient that movie actually is. I, be tempted to take a peek at Walt Disney's chart and see what he has going on in the Pisces Neptune department. Oh, that's exciting, Petra. We're going to take a brief announcement and we'll come back with Petra Tauschert and myself, Sue Rose Minahan on Talk Cosmos, talking about the vibrations, Pisces, and music. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, Pisces concludes the 12 signs to energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign, represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle, initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. 
Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hi, this is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. (laughs) Hi, Petra. We're back again. This is Talk Cosmos. And Petra, just to remind people, also has her show on KOWSFM. Check that out and just go to Talk Cosmos and all that's listed and our archives too. Petra, when you last, when we just broke away, you brought up Fantasia. Boy, do I remember that. That's definitely in my experience. And But that brings up the whole subject of movies and and not just movies. Of course, there's television, but the movies in particular that really use music just to express no it's true you're so cued by the music that if you are immersed in the movie viewing experience you don't realize it but you know here's the scene and it may not look alarming but suddenly the hair on the back of your neck is standing up because the music is telling you that you should be alarmed and it's working you know it is it's that dissonance the the um, tension like the augmented force you don't just go not quite I mean, it's almost like the sense of smell where it bypasses the hypothalamus, I believe it is, and, you know, triggers those deep memories. Like, it's not quite the same, but music kind of has that same thing where it just, it just goes in, you know, like, I mean, it's basically what we're talking about with Pisces. Like, there's not, there's not a lot of defense that you can do with music short of turning it off. (laughs) I love this, these words that you're bringing up, no defense, which really shows the boundary, you know, no boundaries of both Pisces and music, the vibrations, you know, we haven't really talked about that, but, but then also to bring it up with smell, which is so excellent because that's the body factor. And you're right. It does. It triggers a lot. It is um, involuntary in a sense, perhaps. Also, I do want to mention, I did pull up Walt Disney's chart and he has Neptune at the very top of his chart in his 10th house of career. So very prominently placed, and it's making a strong aspect to his moon and to his Mars and to his Venus. So definitely a very Neptunian, Yay. you know, the modern ruler of Pisces person. Oh, and to think of all that um, graphics, you know, he really blended everything. Yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, it's that's 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 very super. Well, and actually, we're. Um, he's got Venus at one degree Aquarius. And right now we've got the moon and Venus conjunct at one and two degrees Aquarius. So I guess that's partly why I was sensing Walt. Hi, Walt. <laughs> mm, thank you. Yes. Yeah. He that's right on my Jupiter. That's, you know, the vibrations of music with those, you know, if you pluck a string and it, it uh, vibrates at a certain frequency, like 440 or, whatever um and then it diminishes by half but it keeps that same tonality you know we may not hear it but it i don't you know given the right um environment it would it would just continue resonating onward 
and be heard. Well, I'm sure you've seen those videos of sound vibrations and then like sand or some sort of, you know, granular material is put on a surface and then it makes these different kind of snowflake spirograph patterns based on the tone. Yes. Yeah, that's ringing bells. In fact, I'm thinking of all the unique shapes along with water. You know, if we have feelings and water does just trying to relate all these if if they do but sound just thinking about sound itself that you've brought up it seems that i've heard i don't know if it's edgar casey that said that sound would be one of our healing modalities of in the modern era yeah, for the future whatever that meant back whenever it was said but yes in the in the modern terms of of progressed um uh, think, uh, thinking of, I'm thinking of the A word, and then the moment I can't think of it, uh, I'm not adventurous, but um, alternative. Thank you. They're both, <laughs> I guess, alternative is adventurous, yes. But it is true. Yeah. <laughs> of healing. Yeah. Well, even when you think about, you know, both of those references to Dr. Emoto's work with the water, where he says, like, I love you to the water and then freezes the ice crystal and it's beautiful. And then he says, I hate you to the water and freezes it. And it's a terrible looking thing. And then also like the images in the sand, like that's what's happening in our physical beings on some level from the music. It comes inside that same vibration comes inside. And even though we can't quite see it in that same way. I think we can, at least on some level, assume that all of the water and matter in our bodies is responding in a similar way. Like that frozen architecture you're talking that you brought up. I I think this is excellent. I love how this is going. Because I mean, maybe that's a leap, but Mercury's in Pisces about to yeah, station we'll retrograde. Leap. I think if not now, <laughs> when are we going to talk about this? Exactly. Stuff? <laughs> no, it's like poetry of thought. No, I I think this is excellent, and because of that, it there's a lot of responsibility for ourselves to consider. I know that. What I'm saying as far as like, I don't know if accountability is the word, but I know that there's emotions that become habits, which just amazed me when I first read that years back. But the fa- And there's also, along with that thought, there's limit, limited emotional responses that people, and I'm talking generally that segments of people, not all people by any means, but that, that can acknowledge in other words perhaps they're numbed and so they can only feel terror or feel fear rather than the subtleties and so this music can can address that you know through their sound so i think it's really important if we could just become more conscious and try to consider uh, the, the more peaceful or the more and peaceful doesn't have to always be elevator stuff. You know, it can be quite uh, crescendoing and then healing. In other words, healing is a process, right? It's true. Well, I mean, when you look at classical music, like there's incredibly powerful passages that then mm-hmm. kind of resolve themselves into something. Like I'm thinking particularly of some Beethoven pieces. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I do, I, with Stravinsky, Back in the early 1900s, when he did Rites of Spring, mm, yes, they, from what I understand, people threw tomatoes at him. Now, first of all, I had to laugh and think, 
how do you get tomatoes? At a... <laughs> Must have been a summertime concert. <laughs> yeah, and people were maybe, instead of harking, have a beer, it was like, have a tomato. You know? and so he got... Softer landing than the yeah. beer bottles that maybe yeah. got thrown at Bob Dylan when he went electric at the Newport concert. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. So, but it was so... To those ears, it was so dissonant. You know, the 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 sounds were so harsh that mm. people couldn't resonate with them. Whereas other cultures, too, can sound like that, just chaotic. But mm. it differs with our whole makeup, what sounds like music, you know, or, or not. Well, also just a way to show that he was, like, ahead of the curve on the right track because that's the time-honored path of the, the heretic who can see into the future and we can never underestimate the power of the status quo to resist something new and good but that just is different mm. come to think of it the Beatles which I grew up you know they kept at that time most musicians would have a jaunder and they would stick to it but not the right. Beatles and the Beatles yeah. were just unbelievably powerful as an energy and all of a sudden they would take they would just discard their entire past and go launching into this brand new area and it was like well okay do i hate the beatles or do i just say i love them and i'll go with mm-hmm. them <laughs> you know mhm so yeah when george harrison is the the pisces beetle he's always my favorite he I think throughout time has become really a favored person. I don't think I had that wisdom when I was young, but I've gained great appreciation of him in so many ways. Yeah, I would agree with you. Well, he's the one that diverged off and did all of that devotional kind of Hare Krishna music. Very wise person. I mean, he great wisdom and soul wisdom, too. Mm-hmm. Had a lot to offer. Yeah. And going back to musicians, it's interesting, you know, with, like you're saying, it's very true. Musicians uh, really don't need to speak the same language or even come from the same neighborhood or country or anything in order to sit down and play music. And on the same token, I know for jazz musicians, really, you you know a person more by what they play. Oh, you mean the sax player? Oh, you mean the drummer? Oh, well, they were, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it... It extends that realm. Right. That becomes the identity. It's like it doesn't matter if he's like an African or an American or an Italian. It's like, no, he's a sax player. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're forgiving, you know, maybe they Mm -hmm. do this or do that with their private life. But then they say, okay. Yeah. I mean, in general, I feel like musicians are cut more slack than many famous people. Like there's it was said once to me by somebody that um, the musicians are kind of like the sacrificial lambs of our culture. Mm. Not always, but, you know, as I do my radio show and it's like, okay, this amazing person and they died of this and they had a major drug addiction and the next one also had a heroin addiction and then they died. You know, it's like, I know that other people have drug addictions and they also die, but it's hard to not notice how many musicians end up having major drug problems for at least part of their life and also maybe have their lives end because of it. And it's like it's it's that same kind of outside of the bounds of normal society that artists and musicians are kind of allowed to 
go to the fringes where other people are interested in, but they're kind of like, oh, that's scary. I'd rather watch you do it, you know? So then the artists, the musicians are allowed to go big and then their product is huge and then possibly their life isn't that long, but it's kind of that concept of like they burned hot for a shorter period of time and then left this legacy. Well, particularly with rock and there are notable ones, whether it was, you know, uh, Michael Jackson and uh, Prince that had, I remember, you know, about pretty similar birth times, but this really brings it right back to Neptune. Like, you know, and what's the, you know, Neptune is such, which is in this whole arc course of this archetype as its ruling planet, but it is where you synthesizing this unknown, you know, it is totally the unknown and the chaos and bringing it down. Not all people are really so grounded or want to be that grounded. And I think that's where the susceptibility is in like just going with that total beyond freedom, just that total expansion. But the bottom line is they have to produce. I mean, nobody really wants to. A few people want to go and really hear someone um, do poorly at a at a gig. So regardless of what they might manage, there was a jazz musician I'd heard a story of, and such a shaggy dog story, a very well-known um, player. I think he was a sax player because the person telling me was a sax player. But he had very, very long fingernails. And I haven't researched to find out. And this would be back like in the 50s or something. But he was totally, unfortunately, um, involved with drugs to the point late in life where he just kept repeating the same song on stage. And so for a white audience, this would not do. (laughs) Right. It depends on, I mean, it depends on the level you've made it to. Like I know in the latter years, Jerry Garcia would get a little mumbly with the lyrics, but he had, you know, established himself forever as like a beloved musician. But yeah, that's, that's not going to go very well in most instances. Yeah, no, it is true. So, but Mm-hmm. I just want to mention um, in terms of all like you brought up Prince and Michael Jackson and they both have Pisces moons. Tom Petty has a Pisces moon. Um, Joni Mitchell has a Pisces moon. I just have been swimming around in all these wonderful Pisces moons. So I just wanted to point that out. Good point, too, because that emotional and both being water, well, water oriented with the moon and that total wide arena of. Well, and just that like tendency to to play, like I feel like some of the best rock musicians, since that's what we're talking about, are the ones that can just get out of their own way and the expectations of the culture and just kind of show up as children and create something really pure. And that's what touches everybody, that whole concept of Pisces and Neptune the modern ruler being like, you know, everybody. So if somebody is going to become famous and successful at something, it's because they've managed to touch enough of everybody that everybody agrees. Like, yep, you're important and special. We're going to boost you up. You get to be one of those people. Yeah, the collective thread, that that area to be able to really dig down and find that core, that essence in order to share it. And the simplicity, which is really so Piscean, because it is that the wildness that that isn't complex. I mean, we may have a diverse world, but yet there's still the simplicity of Pisces is, is, is such a strong you know, factor of it. 
And I guess I'm thinking, too, like going back to, because obviously there's a musicians of, of countless people, and, and Disney that you'd brought up had Neptune. So just to say that for the audience, which, of course, they would know, but, you know, does not need to have drugs just because, you know, in order to be a great musician, although... There certainly has Although been. the list is rather convincing. I mean, Walt Disney was known for his opium habit. Oh, I didn't know that. See? Oh, yeah. Amazing. I mean, I don't know how well known he was at the time, but it's now known that that was, he was, he was into it. Hmm. Interesting. And well, Lewis Carroll also, who doesn't have a strong Neptune signature, but is associated with Piscean kind of things because of Alice in Wonderland being such a Pisces tale. Oh, yes, definitely. In fact, what is I was just looking at what she said. She says, I can't go back again because I'm not the same person. Oh, I think, did you post that? That was in your Instagram, I think. That's where I saw it. it yeah, that was post. an Alice quote. Exactly. Yeah, I, there are so many great Mercury and Pisces quotes to be extracted from Lewis Carroll's works. It's just one after another. <laughs> yeah. Well, getting to the idea of people participation, you know, it's like the idea of the youth that we're with this particular symphony. But beyond that, you know, there's music used to be part of every family back at the turn of the 19th century. And before that, people had pianos. Um, they sang, they danced. You know, people still dance, of course. But although I will say going to high school reunions, which I don't do any longer, um, nobody dances. They listen to canned music. But, you know, it's very distressing. But um, but it was part of the whole world, the function. And so I think this idea that there's so much to be shared through whether a person just picks up a little instrument, like a lot of ukulele groups these days, or goes to a choir, or whether they just somehow get involved with that extra part of this that lasts, as we were saying into ancient age, you might say. And I, I mean, that's a bit of extreme thought, but when you're older. You know. Well, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, with Pisces in terms of both art and music. It doesn't really matter so much what the, the product is. It's just the act of, of trying to speak a different language, you know, trying to just use a completely different approach to communication, even if you're not, somebody who's well-versed and well-skilled, just somebody who sits down it. and like bangs out something on the drum or <clears throat> like here, take over the kazoo or the harmonic or yes, something that tambourine. is less complicated. <laughs> the spoons. But still you're, yeah, you're participating in something different. It's like you go into the right brain. Yeah. I mean, it's a combination. Like the, all of the rhythm stuff is somewhat left-brained, but the fluidity of how music can change and the beats can change and, you know, the oh, I, mean, I don't have the language exactly. No, no, it's very true. But... No, it's beautiful because space is really music. You have to have a little distance and it's that combination, everything. And I love how you say different language. That's absolutely true, Petra. It's so important. Like one time I did, well, I used to play a little, some folk music and, and I, so I picked up the spoons. That was no, nothing great at the spoons, but it was sure fun. You know, you just. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Or, or like some of the musicians I'm thinking of the, the um, washboard, right? Zip, uh -huh. zip. Yeah, some of my favorite um, jug band music. I yeah, I love that. Yep. 
And then again, it can be a language like call and response, which is the blues, which actually was was a heritage here in in our nation, you know, of slavery, which is a sad, uh, tragic part of our history. But people would communicate through call and response, which is, I think, from Africa itself, but also indigenous to, well, if you use that word, indigenous to blues, you know, which came out of the South here in this country of music. And so it has uh, many facets, you know, many ways to use that language. If you know, it, it, Well, in the... The call and response makes me think of, I was just listening to the astrology podcast with Chris Brennan and Kelly Surtees and Austin, Austin Kopic, and they were talking about this Mercury and Pisces retrograde in terms of echolocation and sonar. And I feel like the sonar is the call and response and under the sea. Ooh. Like that is the language of the oceans. With yes. Some of the critters down there. Like the dolphins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the dear dolphin up here. We have the, uh, the killer whale or the orcas. And a big problem is the Navy doing their sonic testing under the ocean. And oh, my God, it's so evil. It is, and there's no boundaries. I mean, certainly the fluid is a little less, but it's not like a barrier. It just keeps moving on. They're so mm-hmm. sensitive, which is That's interesting. It's like an evil mm-hmm. use of Neptune. Well, going back to this idea that frozen architecture, in other words, in the sense of form, of, of sound actually creating form and using it in the sense of our bodies and of communication. And, you know, I'm thinking of animals with their great ears, you know, how they, and of course the birds. I wish I could listen to what, I wish I knew what the birds were saying. You know? <laughs> All sorts of things, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, every night and every morning. They mm-hmm. chip away, you know, the sunrise. And the, maybe they're just saying the sun's up. No, the sun's going down. I think they talk about all sorts of things. I mean, I think definitely at dawn and dusk, there's quite mm-hmm. a bit of announcing that it's dawn or it's dusk. But it does seem like there's just kind of a lot of like, dip, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they do. It would have... be nice to know if you could have like an app that translated bird song into what they were actually saying. Well, it does. I have many years back, I think back when I was at school, there, there are studies, however they detected, of these huge variations. Because some birds have tremendous vocal capacities. We have five, Like mockingbirds or minabirds. Ah, yeah. Maybe it's mockingbirds. Whatever it is, they have like a ridiculously I, huge capacity to I think that is, yes. Emulate. And of course imitate. the parakeet and the, that. Just for a moment here, I will make an announcement that because we have five minutes, that next week, Shannon Hayes will be speaking, and we're going to talk about, again, Pisces, and it'll be about the wild, the wild and the nature, animals, ocean. It'll be lots of fun. And so, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Shannon's wonderful. And for the audience, again, tonight you're listening to Petra Tauschert of California, and look on the website, and in fact, I think your blog, or not your blog, but your website is Petra Tauschert. But if you need to have, if you can't remember how to spell that for people, just check on Talk Cosmos, and you can get in touch with her. It does wonderful work. 
So, um, if you had something you wanted to say about that too, go ahead and then we'll wrap up our last thoughts. Pulling yeah, in well, these threads. Mm-hmm. Check out my show because it's really a fun way to link astrology and music together. And because it's Pisces time, this would be a natural extension to listen to my shows because we, you will listen to Pisces music. Yes. And it'll be quite a jump for both of us to go into Aries. Aries is such a another dimension, you know. <laughs> I know, completely. Uh, it's like cue the heavy metal hard rock. <laughs> yeah, forward motion. <laughs> it's so true. I, you know, I, I, I was looking here, minority, well, not just, but the international films, you know, what with the global, or, or the, the awards that were just on. The Oscars? The Oscars, <laughs> yes, that um, it's increasing Film, you know, films also with Pisces and, of course, music. So it's a total natural um, energy. And that the whole globe, and, of course, right now, Neptune is in Pisces. And it will continue for the next, I think, seven years. Um, it sure yeah, is. Yeah, 2026. <laughs> I mean, it's really exciting to think, because it rules the feet, too, that the boots are just getting more exciting. I saw pictures that were, like, landscape designs practically on these boots. It's like... You know, oh my goodness. The, yeah, the feet. You know, people are, besides the lights on the feet for kids, you know, people are getting really excited. But film, <laughs> yeah. And it's really another way of, between the music, even though a lot of them might have sub, uh, subtitles, but that music delivers, you know, how to communicate with that foreign film because the, the, it, more countries are producing more films and I know the United States films are going all across the globe more. And so it's just this whole new approach of, of communication. It sure is. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably could listen to or watch a uh, watch and listen to a movie that didn't have subtitles that wasn't in your language and get kind of a sense of what's happening based on the music. I'm trying to remember. I was living in Mexico down Mazatlan when my husband and I first got together. And we went to go see a movie. Oh, I should remember what it was. It was one of these really epic-type films. And, of course, it was all in Spanish, which was fine. And we really got along with it. And it was about Mexico. It was not, not the Mexico we know, but ancient, ancient times. Oh, I wish I could remember. It wasn't Avatar, but it was similar to something like Avatar in the sense it was really a epic show. And it... Somehow we did get through that whole show feeling like we'd really enjoyed the movie, you know, without understanding. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a <coughs> basic information. Well, I hope more people participate with music. You know, I think if we did our whole language, we might bridge some of the, the polarities that we have, in, you know, progressively. And we have about a minute and a half, Petra, just to let you know as okay. we wrap this up. So I appreciate so much you returning and sharing everything about music. It's just been delightful. I, I, it has been. It's been really fun. Yeah. And I would love to watch your show. So, All right, folks. Thank you once again. We, we love you. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Love you. Thank 
you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.